what could simplicity provide you access to? We'll look at that in our coaching tip for the week. And in our interview segment today, we have Robin Koenig, a small business consultant and an ICF credentialed certified professional coach. She specializes in helping small business owners run their business like they mean business. And she's spent the past 20 years cultivating her leadership experience across diverse roles in corporate, nonprofit, and freelance industries. I hope you enjoy the episode today. And remember, something powerful resides within you. I'm here to support you in seeing it and creating it. Simplicity provide you access to? This is a question that I have been looking at roughly for the past two months as I've opened the C Suite Collective, added new clients to my practice, moved to LA in the past six months, and really overall looked at my life through the lens of what could be possible if I simplify. Some of the ways I'm doing this are looking at my business on the whole at a very high level and saying, where can I have everything integrated, slowed down, and simple? Um, I have a lot of judgments about simplifying because in my world in the past, that's meant that having it be simple may not mean that it's impactful or enough. And what I've really been sitting with in myself is letting go of perfection and control in order to have the experience of my life be about fullness and enjoyment. And one of the ways I do this is through simplicity. So I've looked at the ways that I'm making my conversations hard with Aaron in our partnership or the way that I'm even like uh, the other night I was thinking about going salsa dancing and I was making it so hard trying to decide which location I wanted to go to. Everything from how long will it take to get there? Um, What's the vibe going to be like? How many people will be there? Am I really going to like it? Is it worth my time and energy to even get dressed to go out again? And what I noticed is that all of that drama in my head was really keeping me from the experience, which is all I wanted to do was take a minute and dance and enjoy some music. So choosing something from just choice and making it simple and trusting that whatever I choose is actually going to have me experience my life more fully. So the call to action for this week for you is look at three ways in your life that you can make it more simple than you're making it right now. You might look at your career, your relationship, and with yourself.
so excited to have you here today. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to be a guest on this podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm just super excited. I love this. This is such a fun time. So thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, well, I think I'd just like to jump right in and ask you a little bit about your story. Will you share how you got here to being a coach and what the journey was like for you? Sure. Um, I don't know how long you have, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what? It, it was one of those really unexpected opportunities in my life, which you know is truly the story. I had worked in the corporate environment for a very long time. I was, you know, 20 years in corporate. I led a nonprofit organization. Um, I even worked freelance when I was first out of college. I worked in the in the movie industry. So I've done a lot of different things. And the one thing that I always absolutely loved to do was personal development, not only for myself, but just to help other people along the way. But I didn't realize it was the thing that I was going to get to do. And I went through two job layoffs. Um, one when I was in my 30s, going through a divorce, big life changes happening with a small young child. And then again, um, you know, a handful of years later. And what I realized was I didn't want anybody else to dictate what my opportunities could look like anymore. So I decided to just run the ship myself and start my own business. And that's essentially how I came to find coaching as a career, as an industry, and as something I really wanted to do with my life. So that's the Clip Notes version. That's beautiful. I have, I have so many questions about this. I, I think my first question is, you know, I, I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast think about making big leaps or big moves uh, for themselves. And I can imagine at 30 and with a small little one, you know, how scary it was to have to pivot. So is there anything that you remember from that time period that really helped you through it? It is scary. I, I think the biggest maybe uh misconception is that people that do it like you know myself mm -hmm. to go into you know kind of start my own business and such uh, weren't afraid and, and that's <laughs> not true it was it really was scary um but it was it was just such an opportunity to step back and really think about what is it that i did want um through the lens of what i didn't and 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 that's kind of how i framed it up for the second time, right after going through this layoff, is I honestly didn't know what I wanted to do. I struggled with that, you know, this identity crisis, who am I now without a title or a job and all of these pieces. And what I decided was to stop and then say, well, what don't I want? Like, what do I already know will not work for me and use that as a way to rule things out. And that was kind of my first step was just take things off the list. You know, what, what, what don't I want? And I remember thinking, I know if I go back to, for me, it was the corporate world. I didn't want to go back into a corporate job and that's not because it's bad. It just wasn't right for me. And I kept thinking, I'm going to poke my eye out with a fork. If I <laughs> go back to the kind of job that, you know, really wasn't what I wanted. And so that was really the first step. And that's what I would love for people to understand is it's okay to not know but think about what you do know, which sometimes is the, these are not right for me and start there. Yeah. I love that because how many times are we asked, what do you want in the world? Right. And sometimes when I was asked that question, I had no earthly idea. 
on what I wanted to do, especially when my identity was wrapped up in my career as well, right? As a singer, not singing anymore was like starting from square one or zero, really. And I had no idea how to answer that question. So it would have been super helpful for me to say, have someone tell me, how about we start with a list of scratching off what you don't want? Um, because yeah. I think that that might have given me some more space. So it's a beautiful yeah. tip. It's a difficult spot, right? Because again, we're asked that so many different parts of our life. You know, what do you want to do when you grow up? You know, you graduate high school or going into college and you have to pick a major. And then from there, it's, you know, what, what kind of career do you want? And then after that, you know, maybe you meet somebody and it's like, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have kids? Where do you want to live? It's all of these questions. And I think there's a lot of pressure to, to have it all figured out. And what's really fun, but also again, super scary is when something does change unexpectedly and you get to kind of say, well, now where do I want to go? And it's interesting because I didn't understand this at the time when I was, you know, the single mom trying to kind of figure out my life and where I wanted to go next. Now I have four kids. I have a blended family. So, you know, <laughs> beautiful these teenagers, honestly, like to go through this journey of now having teenagers and, and helping them move into this next phase of their life all these questions kind of start coming up and I hear myself asking them and I'm like, hold on. It's okay. If they don't know, let them kind of take that step forward and see what happens. And then I remind myself to tell them like, it's okay. If this isn't your forever job or your forever career, just start somewhere that, you know, you want to get started and, 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 and go from there. So I've had to almost like apply that also in my parenting life and use that same, um, you know, kind of mindset too. Yeah. And I hear so much permission and allowance there. So what, do, what does that permission create between you and your kids? Or teenagers, I should say. I know, I know. It's insane. It doesn't always show up initially. I honestly have to work at it and remind myself, right? Like as the mom to coach myself through it because I get scared for them. I get a little nervous, like, oh my gosh, where are they going? What are they going to do? Are they going to be successful and, you know, thrive on their own? But it, it sounds more like um, curiosity and excitement and support for them because it's their journey. And as much as I want them to, you know, again, not fail, I also want them to know what it feels like to not have it all work out. And know that that's okay too. And they're going to sort it out and figure it out on their own. So it's a real, it's honestly kind of hard <laughs> to be in that role and then coach myself through it. So sometimes I get the eye rolls and, and that happens. Um, and then sometimes, you know, I think that means you're normal. Does help them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know All any mom who doesn't get the eye rolls anymore. <laughs> Maybe that's a good metric for us. Are we getting the eye rolls? Um, right. That's beautiful. Well, so I know you work with a lot of small businesses. Um, what do you love about working with small businesses? I love working with small business owners because I am one. And, and that really helps me embrace the fact that what I experience, I can relate to, um, you know, in a similar way and not always exactly the same. But um, I love the fact that I've lived it. And also, I love that small business owners typically got started because they want to help somebody. Right. And that was one of the biggest things that, you know, I really share with every small business owner that I speak with is 
they probably started because they wanted to help somebody in some way, not because they wanted to start a business. That's usually not the precipice of like, I want to create a, you know, a sole proprietorship and have all these things that I need to organize from a business perspective. That's usually just the thing that needs to come along the way, but they didn't start it because of that. And I remind them that that's, that's the purpose and also it needs to live within a structure that's going to help them do that for the long term. And that's where I help them show up is you want to continue to help people in this way. We have to really work on the business because we want you to do that forever as long as you want to do it. So that's, you know, that's why I actually love it because I know where they're coming from and I want to help them do it for as long as they physically can. Mm. And you mentioned structure, which is a really uh, beautiful conversation, right? Because I know many of the clients I work with, some of them think they have structure. And is there anything that you notice as a coach around maybe their relationship to structure or, or what's, you know, how do you create structure with them from the beginning? I think I actually start with defining what that means to them. I'm a huge, I, I love words. So <laughs> if you work with me, um, I'll probably throw a lot of analogies in the mix, but I also really love to define words. And what usually happens is they bring up some kind of like an experience they've had of what structure kind of looks like from, you know, maybe growing up or, you know, or what their perception of it is. And I like to help them say, okay, well, what could that look like for you in a way that still makes it feel like you can, you know, you can um, be consistent with that. And so removing the judgment from it, removing, you know, what they thought it is supposed to look like and defining it for themselves. Cause it could look very different person to person and business to business. So that's what I try and unravel first. Like, what does that actually mean to you? What's your definition? Yeah, that's really beautiful. And I hear in that also a structure that works for you is something that is actually a living, breathing thing with you versus that PowerPoint presentation that's on the back of your computer that you sometimes look at and, you know, might refer to as you're growing your milestones in your business. So that's, uh, that's super cool. Do people resist structures or... Do you find most people are on board for this conversation? I think everybody resists structure sometimes. Um, I think there's perhaps there's two kinds of people. I think there are people that resist it because they feel that it um, represents restriction, perhaps that might show up. Um, but I also think there's folks that thrive in it that feel safe around structure. But I also use that as the opportunity to say, OK, well, are we leaning into that in the way that maybe the structure could be modified, but you feel very safe in it right now, but is it serving the business needs? And so again, it's really all about kind of like, I just like to unwind some things to then reform them in a way that, that a business owner feels good about and understanding like what is it that they want to accomplish at the end of the day. And if they're leaning into this idea of structure, that it has to exist in a certain way because that's what they keep hearing. Well, then I want to reduce those voices and say, but what is it that you're really trying to accomplish here? I mean, I remember myself coming out of, you know, my, my coaching credentialing program and 
believing certain things that I had to do step by step because that's what everybody was doing in their way. And if I didn't do it, that maybe I wouldn't be successful in building my business. And so I'm all about experimenting, try it out, see what happens. And if it works, great. If it doesn't work, great. Then you know that is not the way to go. It's like the elimination process all over again. Right from what you said at the beginning, it's such a great tie-in from what you're bringing from your past. What have you seen business owners, small business owners struggle with the most the past two years? And are there any trends you're seeing coming down the pike? So a lot of the small business owners I work with are solopreneurs or have less than 10 employees. That's kind of my um, typical client, not exclusive, but, but pretty typical. It's this belief that they have to do everything themselves. They have to solve every problem themselves. Um, they have to figure it all out. And it's a feeling of isolation. And, and I definitely noticed that over the last couple of years of, you know, obviously with physical connection kind of being um, restricted in so many ways that isolation was even more prominent for a small business owner. Like they just were kind of rolling solo. And so one of the things that I really wanted to help them with was, first of all, being okay with the fact that maybe they were alone, like um, as far as how they ran the business, but that they didn't need to do it all by themselves. And that that idea of overwhelm, cracking the code on that, because overwhelm is a feeling, but it's really not a thing. It's a feeling that we have due to like the multiple pressures or stressors that are showing up. And so I help them crack that code, almost kind of like organizing things a little bit. It's looking at things like, what can you automate? What can you uh, delegate? What can you remove, you know, or delete? You know, so it's like taking everything and kind of looking at like, what bucket does that go into now that we can reduce this feeling of overwhelm and that you have to sort it all out in yourself and then really prioritize and focus on the things that you're supposed to be doing, that you want to be doing and, and handle all the rest in other areas. Wow. I'm just, I'm thinking about what you just shared and I'm like, the pandemic and isolation must have been the perfect place for people to dig their heels in around doing it all alone too. So like as a, as a business owner myself, I noticed like if I didn't force myself to go get more help, it would have been very easy in my four walls alone to convince myself that, no, I actually, I actually can do this. Right. And, and I don't know about you, but when I first, the pandemic first started two years ago now, um, I instantly found myself back in old habits that I hadn't done for a very long time as a business owner. And I think the first like couple months, I found myself working 15 hour days and I had no idea how that happened again, other than I just could. (laughs) And I just kept going because there were no boundaries. There were normal, you know, there wasn't any of my usual routine that kept my, my boundaries in place. And I had to really readjust and, that was such a learning moment for me. So did you experience any of that or have you seen people experience any of that? Yeah. Well, I think also the environment, right. And, and, you know, if you're going from say having an office where, you know, you're essentially like starting your work day at a certain time and ending at a certain time when you go home, um, that doesn't happen for everybody, but it kind of helps you do that and draw that boundary because it's like an environmental boundary And so when all of a sudden, you know, you're remote working and you're 
at home and you've got all these things going, you, you mix everything together. You know, your time is kind of just a bunch of time until you probably go to sleep and you're maybe doing the laundry and getting onto a call and helping kids with school and all of these things just kind of got muddied. And so I think one of the things that I had to immediately address was those boundaries and being in a shared space with husband and four kids and two dogs and everything else going on was to define that and try your best to hold it. But if somebody walked in, somebody walked in and that's just kind of how things rolled. But I, but I understand what you're saying as far as this feeling of isolation. Like I, I don't have all the typical things that I might need at my disposal. If I'm here, how do I redefine that in a new way, in a new space with a new schedule? And, and I think it came down to um, time management, putting things on the calendar and saying, this is my commitment to these things. And this is the structure, right, that I want to lean into and give myself and know that, yeah, 15 hour day may not serve me for very long. How, you know, at some point you're just going to crash and probably wind up watching Netflix for more hours than. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, to numb out and to not, <laughs> not have to think anymore for the day. Yeah. That was yeah. a common approach. Yeah. Well, what are some of the challenges that you're facing now in your own business as, um, you know, a, an entrepreneur and, and a businesswoman? Like, what do you notice today that's challenging? Um, one of the things that I notice more often, and I think maybe it's coming up now more so because we're kind of moving into a whole new journey of businesses, many of them coming back to, you know, thriving versus just surviving And I find myself um, pushing to learn more, to have more resources, right? To almost kind of like get ahead of the game and be able to help them as they're running faster. Whereas before, I think I, um, you know, myself as as a coach and a consultant and, you know, kind of where I'm at, felt like I had a lot to share. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I want to listen to this podcast or read this book and learn and, you know, lean into this new study or whatever it is. And and I had to take a moment to calm myself, be like, it's all good. If I want to learn that, great, but don't put that pressure on to say everybody needs new things. So I actually went back to some of my original training and the things that I loved, even back in, you know, my corporate days, 20 years ago, what were some of the resources that helped me then that haven't changed? You know, I don't have to recreate the wheel and I don't have to find every shiny new resource or new book. Go back to the things that actually really helped me then and bring them out again. And that was really helpful because I I did. I kind of got a little wound up like, ah, there's so much now new stuff to chase. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I can't keep up. Oh my gosh. I had a very similar experience as as I'm looking at the like four new books on my desk over here that I'm like, oh, I should really read, you know, about the the 48 laws of power, <laughs> you know, all the things that I think I need right now. But I, what I love about what you just said is that I wonder how many business owners are doing the same that we are, right? Where now that we're moving into thriving again, instead of surviving, there's a feeling of being behind. And I don't, I don't know that I embody that every day, but it creeps up on me occasionally, especially the last six months as we've tried to move forward in the world with, you know, whatever is happening now in terms of the hybrid environments and new ways of being with each other, even around our health. And um, something like as simple as handshakes have changed forever, I think at this point, right? So 
it's really interesting to see how people react to that. And do you have any advice for people besides slowing down and going back into the trunk full of knowledge that you have? Because I'm the same way. I'm like, I must have over, you know, 300 tools that I could pull out at any time that I just don't sometimes. So is there any other advice you'd have for those business owners? Yeah, I think it's um, simple is not bad, you know, like removing judgment around simplicity. Um, and I, and I, I agree with you as far as this perception of like, if a, if a business maybe finally kind of got caught back up and they're back to thriving that they need to show up with like everything new to keep the customers there. It's almost like a, a fear of you know, the scarcity that could come back, you know, and I'm noticing people, you know, again, you get afraid of what could happen again when you've been through something negative. I used to be a dating coach. And so, you know, I worked with a lot of people that were like, well, that relationship was terrible. So I'm just not going to date anymore. Or that type of person I'm so not into because that happened before, right? We use all of those things that have happened that we're afraid of, or that kind of sucked. And we want to avoid them as much as possible. <laughs> and I, and I, so what I have experienced from a business perspective is that, you know, this idea of simplicity can sometimes be judged as it's not enough. And yet it truly can be the absolute best thing for us. And I read something somewhere and I, I'm not going to be able to quote it, but it referred to the idea of like, only apply a complex solution to something that really deserves that type of complexity, right? Like think about in some ways, if you're trying so hard to solve something and giving it complex solutions, is the problem worth that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it worth it? Oh, <laughs> like what's the value of stressing over that, right? Yeah. And just again, applying the brain power that it takes mm-hmm. to solve something in such a complex way that maybe the simple approach is really all it needs. And that's good, right? Like go with that. So mm-hmm. great advice. I consider you a disruptor in the world because everybody I have on the show, I think is disrupting the world in one way or another. And so I'd love to know what your hope for the future is. Mm, it, like, like the future of the world? <laughs> well, it could be the world. It could be your life. It could be the people around you, but really just any kind of hope that you're holding in your heart these days. Mm, great question. Gosh, my hope is to be able to share as many stories as possible about you know my personal experiences and things that I've been through in a way that somebody can just walk away with like one nugget, you know, like, I, I guess I look at my work and how I can impact people. I, d- I don't personally want to do it in a way that is like so much, right? Like I don't see myself out there in this gigantic way. Um, I'm kind of like a, a one tip, one nugget at a time kind of person. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so my hope for the future is that just, just one thing, you know, one thing that can land with somebody to help them take it away and then move the needle forward, you know, one more step is kind of my approach. And I look at it that way too, when it comes to my kids and my relationships is to just consistently move things forward one little bit at a time. 
And, and if I can keep doing that for as long as possible, that would be success for me. So, you know, I'm, it's a similar lens. I mean, I'm a huge advocate for personal wellness and fitness, and I apply that to the way that I train. And the older I get, how much harder it gets. And it's the same with business. You know, the longer you're in business, the harder it gets. The older your kids get, it's kind of the harder it gets sometimes. I don't know. So just that little bit at a time, a little bit stronger, a little bit faster, a little bit more, um, you know, engaged, excited. That is, that is my hope. That sounds like a great way to, to, to lead people into the, the future is one step at a time. Well, anything else you'd like to share with, with everybody before we sign off? Um, you know what? It's, it's honestly just so much fun to have conversation. I think we could probably do this forever. So <laughs> you know, thank you for the opportunity to just get on here and have some conversation and, you know, share a little bit about how I can help. And if there's a business owner out there that's thinking, you know, yeah, this is really hard. And this whole business thing, I don't really love, but I love what I do. That's where I'm happy to have a conversation with anybody. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the little things that matter that I can help people with. And yeah, it's just such a opportunity to share as much as possible. So thank you. Thank you for letting me on the show. Robin, thank you so much. I mean, we'll have all your contact information in, in the notes for everybody to get a hold of you. But I just really want to acknowledge you and say thank you for your, your grace, your wisdom, your heart, and your willingness to share all these little tidbits that, and I love the word little and small and simple. Those seem to come up a lot in our talk today and how that just those words alone can create some magic. So thank you so much for sharing your heart and your soul. Thank you. Thank you.